I want you to turn over to Psalms 133 for me. Psalms 133. I'm just going to do some brush strokes tonight because I, I don't want to take up a whole lot of time. Tell me when you're there. You there? Psalms 133. These, this scripture has been spoken, I don't know how many times. How many of you guys have heard this? All right. And you've, you've heard, you know, different preachings on it. You've heard different, you know, interpretations and so forth. But lately, this, this thing has been on my heart because um, there's some things the Lord has reminded me of uh, that he showed me back in 96 about his body. And he's been showing me how his body's going to come back together because if you go let me let me preface this when you go to heaven and you look at God you're not going to look at God as he's you're going to look at him you're going to see God but you're going to see trillions of people that make him up you're going to see a whole body and you're going to see in his body all of these many-membered people that are completely, say completely, that are completely different than one another. But because they're in love with Christ, they're now grafted into his body. They have lost their lives for Christ. And they have been grafted into his body. And so when you look at him, you're going to see trillions of people. When you look at his arm, you're going to see people just praising the Lord. His arm is so huge, but you're going to see people just grafted in and praising the Lord. Even his mantle that's crimson red, it doesn't look like the reds we have here, but you're going to see this mantle that's filling the temple. Y'all, you know, his, what, his train, what, fills the temple. Those are thousands of people coming into the kingdoms that are his martyrs that make up his train. And it's filling the temple. And once it's actually filled, he's here. I'm telling you. But it's all about the people making up God. It's not going to God and us envisioning like, well, he's just a man on a seat that's going to be ruling and reigning. No, you're going to see him and you're going to want to fall because you're going to see all these people making him up. That's how humble he is. He's a many-membered person. The family of God look just, looks just like him. And I want you to put that in your consciousness because you're going to need it in the coming days. God is about to do major surgery on us. Major surgery. Because we're going to see that the people that we have been with are literally his body that we need to actually be a part of his body and even in heaven. That's why he says, whatever you do to the least of these, you what? That was a literal saying. That wasn't a theoretical saying. That was literal. You are literally the body of Christ. 
physically and spiritually. So whatever we do to one another, how we treat one another, we are literally doing it to his body. And you're doing it to yourself. Now, I want you to just, let's read this real quickly. Because you're going to see something that I saw. I got taken to heaven a long time ago and got to see him this way. And the first scripture that came to me was this. It wasn't like, there's Jesus, hallelujah, fall on your face, all that. The first scripture was this, that I heard in my conscience. It says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Yeah, it's wonderful. Because you, when, when you're in unity, you get to see God. That's why he's, there's an exclamation point there. You're not going to believe it. He got to see God. He got to see everybody together. And it was so beautiful, he didn't even have words to say. But he's trying to show us what he saw. The psalmist here. Let's keep reading. It is like precious oil upon the head. Upon the what? Upon the head. Running down on the beard the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the Lord. He's literally looking at the Lord, and he's seeing God, and he's, he's actually showing us how the anointing of God will flow from his head, even down to his garments, if we're together. If we're together. But the enemy has worked overtime to keep us separated. It's either division or segregation. Either way, it works. And he knows this. The enemy knows this. If we ever get together, the fullness of God's oil will start flowing, not just here. You don't understand. What we do affects that up there, too. There's not as much oil flowing even up there because we're not together. I'm telling you. We think up there it's going to be, you know, they've got it all great. But it's not all great. They're waiting on us. They need our help just as much as we need their help. And the more we come together and we fight for the unity of the faith with one another, the more oil starts to be poured. Not only upon Him, but upon this earth. It, gets to, it, it allows it to start flowing from heaven upon the earth. Because up there, it looks like it's unity, but there's got to be unity here in order for the fullness of God's oil to actually flow, even in heaven and on earth. We affect areas of heaven. We affect what goes on even in the courtrooms. We don't realize how much authority God has given you. I'm telling you. How many of you guys wait for some for God to deliver you or, you know, you wait for somebody to come along and deliver you. How many of you guys have done that? 
Okay, we got one truthful one. You know why we believe that? Because the enemy's telling us subconsciously, you've got to have somebody or something to deliver you. But you're the deliverer. You don't realize you are the deliverer. You're the very one that carries the power to actually not only deliver yourself out of the net through his power, but deliver others out of the net. But we believe so many lies of the enemy that we're waiting on something. What are we waiting on? It's got to be a move of God. Man, we need a move of God. Okay, start moving. Start moving. Well, how can I make God move? Lay down your life. Let God destroy it. Because, listen, we come into this world naked, and guess what? You leave naked. You come into this world with nothing, and you leave with nothing. Every day I think, I'll have nothing. I want to be totally poor at the end of my life. Where everything's gone and I've poured everything out that I can. I don't want to be rich in goods. If you're rich in goods, you're poor in heaven. And you're spiritually poor as well. But God's about to wake us up to who we really are. We are this right here that's been written thousands of years ago. And then Paul later on tells, tries to tell us, we're the body of Christ. Yet many members, individually. Can the eye say to the elbow, I have no need of thee? But we have. I need somebody next to me that's got vision. Well, how, why do you need another eye? Right? If you've got a lot of times with people that got have great vision, they they don't have much brains. <laughs> serious. I'm serious. That's spiritually true. You don't have much there's a there's a blind spot in there that they don't have much wisdom, so that God will send somebody into their life that gives them wisdom. But if they've got a little puffed up thing and saying that they can do it themselves, you know, they'll separate and miss the visitation of the Lord. I'm going to say, a lot of, I used to do it. Man, when I was here looking at the body of Christ, guess what? I got to see some of them that I pushed aside. That had died. You know why I pushed them aside? Because they didn't fit my model. They were like, oh, Scott over here. They were stallions. Every time I'd try to help them, they'd kick and buck. And so I just said, well, forget that. I don't have the grace of God for that. You know? And then two years later, one dies. And you know what I said? This was years ago. Well, it's because they were never connected with me. I said that. 
And the Lord told me, no, it's because you didn't connect with them. I passed them up. I passed the very ones that could have been dreaded champions and missed the opportunity to walk through the fires with them, to, to walk through the struggles, to walk through getting hit, kicked in the chins and you know, getting slapped and being betrayed. You, man, those are great things in the kingdom. But here, man, you, the enemy thinks, man, tells us that's not good. You don't understand. That is the best thing you can go through. It makes you strong. You go through battle with somebody and you stick it out with one another. When the battle is over, there is major victories and there is major infusion of love and unity between one another. If we want great victories, God's got to allow us to get into great battles. Great battles. And that, that major battle that's coming is to stay together. Stay together with Him and stay together with one another. I don't want my anointing flowing. I want all of our anointings flowing. God wants all of the, the fullness of His anointing flowing and it can't happen unless we're together through Christ. It's... You know, westernized thinking, we think individualism, and, and it's, it's killing us. It's killing our kids. It's killing churches. I told you this one will be good. But the enemy's tried to trick us so that he doesn't want this coming upon the earth. He doesn't want unity. He doesn't want you one with Christ. He doesn't want you dying with Christ. He doesn't want you laying down your life with Christ. He doesn't want you being weak. He wants you to be strong. Be strong. And, and the way we think of being strong is this, you know. But if you want to be strong, you've got to go weak. I asked my interns one, one year, I said, hey, what's your greatest weakness? And they were, you know this and I was writing it on the board I go okay you're going to walk in this this year because this is your greatest strength the very things that we try to avoid are the very places that you can walk in power the very people that you try to avoid are the very people that can help you walk in power I'm telling you. Well, that threw, dropped like a turd, didn't it? <laughs> sorry, did I just say that? Man, that was, sorry, man. That was my quiet voice that just said that. <clears throat> I just did it again, didn't I? We don't realize how strong we are. One thing we're, I told my wife last year, I said, you will start seeing Jezebel coming down. But she's got to manifest first. And it's starting to manifest majorly on the earth. I don't know if you've been watching, but it is really manifesting. 
But it's got to manifest because when it manifests, that means it's losing its power. Do you know that? When things manifest, that means it's weak and it's lost its power. I used to get so tickled at guys that would come up to me. I used to be a bar bouncer. Now I'm a church bouncer. But, you know, back in the day. And the guys that would come up to me mouthing me all the time, you know, just getting up in my face. I knew these guys are nothing. They're all talk. They're really actually scared. That's what the enemy, if you hear a lot of chatter in your head. Oh, come on. If you hear a lot of chatter going on in your head from the enemy. That means he knows his time is about to end. Not only in your life, but upon this earth. Listen, I I talked to this young boy during Christmas. Just wonderful young man. He's 12 years old. And his parents, they were at my house and his parents said, you know, can you talk to our son? He deals with fear at nighttime. And I asked him, I said, what type of fear you deal with? And I was assuming, you know, he probably sees shadows or, you know, and, or he starts conjuring up something or imagination and seeing stuff. And, and he starts to tear up. I said, what is it, son? He said, I said, I start thinking then I'm not going to have a good job when I grow up. Then I start thinking I've done something wrong to not get a good job and make it in life. This is a 12-year-old boy. And I start thinking that I'm never going to be anything for God. And then I start quoting. Now, this is a very smart Indian boy. He said, then I start quoting Scripture and praying and quoting Scripture to make me feel better, but it makes it worse. And I go into a little panic attack. And then I run to my parents' room and end up sleeping with them. So how long has this been going on? His parents said, for a good while. And I looked at this young boy, and I was so excited. I realized this boy, even the way he was talking, he had major wisdom. Twelve-year-old boy that talks like that, there's something on that boy. I said, "Let let me show you what the enemy does. And this is what he does to us. He flips your gift against yourself. I said, son, what you've actually been hearing is what the enemy thinks about himself. You've been hearing what the enemy is thinking in their own camp. Like Gideon did. Remember Gideon snuck up to the camp and he got to discern what the enemy was already thinking. And see, there is a generation that is rising up right now. And there's some of you in here, even some of you young ones that are even in college age. 
You have all these panic attacks. You have all these words. You have all these things that are hitting your head. You don't realize it. It's the gift of discernment because you're called to actually know what the enemy's thinking so that you can actually deliver people. I said, did you know? I said, and I knew it because then I met him. I said, do you know Satan even prays and he never has repentance? He even quotes scripture to make the thinking that it would make God move. And he prays through fear. I said, have you been praying in fear? He goes, yeah, I think I'm not going to make it. I said, that's exactly what the enemy's thinking. Your discernment is actually picking up on his thoughts. And this boy just started just crying and tears were running down his face. And he looked at me, he goes, it's not been me. I said, oh, it's been you. Been you all along. You've been picking up on what the enemy's, uh, what, how the enemy's feeling about themselves. And they're actually scared of you. The reason you're feeling fear is because you're feeling the enemy scared of you. But they're turning your gift on yourself and making you think it's you so that you can stay in bondage and they can stay alive. Major deliverance hit our little sunroom that we call a Carolina room. And the boy just started crying. And I said, how do you feel? He said, well, I feel pretty strong right now. I said, son, and I told him, I said, son, you're one of the dreaded champions. You're not going to just discern what the enemy's, what the enemy's saying. You're going to discern now what the Lord's saying. Because the enemy, the enemy got your discernment to actually focusing on what they're doing instead of what the Lord's doing. And now the, you're going to actually sit in your room and you're going to be able to hear what the Lord's thinking. And it's going to overwhelm you for the rest of your life. And you'll be hooked from then on out. When you walk into a room, you'll know exactly what's going on in the room because you will hear the people actually speaking in their own minds and you'll be able to go to that person that's having problems and be able to free them. You'll create unity. But the enemy at the young age was trying to create division between him and the Lord. Which was really causing division, but him, separation between him and his parents. They didn't know what to do with it. Do you know how many of us that are sitting out here in this audience that deal with this kind of stuff? All the time. But you don't realize that you were made in the nature of God. So you have God's DNA, which will pick up on anything of what the enemy's doing or what God is doing. But he leaves it up to you which, one, which way you want to direct it. You want to direct it toward God or do you want to listen to the enemy? How many of you walked into a room and you suddenly start getting nervous? I mean, you were fine before you got there, and then you walk in, you get so nervous that you don't even know how to speak, and the enemy makes you think, see, you've got a real problem with being in the public. Oh, come on. Let's get real. No, your discernment just picked up on somebody that's dealing with fear in that room. 
But the enemy's trying to throw it back at you to make you shut down, make Christ shut down in you so that you can't set the room free. Well, Brad, you say, well, what about my strongholds? What about them? If God's not doing anything about it, why are you trying to do anything about it? This Christian walk is not trying to get rid of your strongholds. It's about walking with Jesus. You walk with Jesus, I guarantee you your strongholds gets actually just taken down. Because they get taken down by the obedience of Christ. When you start obeying and walking with the Lord, your strongholds come down without you having to focus on them. I'm telling you. But the way we walk with the Lord is the way we should walk with each other. Because the person you're connected to is the Lord's in a man's suit or a woman's suit. Can you imagine if we could literally see him in every one of us? How would we treat the body? If the Lord was sitting right next to you right now, I'm being serious. What would you do? Would you sit here proper? No, you'd be like a Jonathan to David. You'd love him with all of your might. You'd stand back to back with him and fight with him. Doesn't matter what he looks like. Doesn't matter how he talks. What matters is that's the relationship of the Lord that God has put in your life. Does this make sense? All right, let's read the rest of it. Get out of here. I hope this helps. What's up, brother? The beard of Aaron running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, say for there. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Life what? Forevermore. Have you ever had a divine relationship come in your life and you feel like you're on top of the world? Yes? Say that with me. Yes? When you felt like you're on top of the world, did you know what was happening? God was commanding, had, had, had to command a blessing upon your life when you actually got connected. You're actually feeling God's lips move and He commands a blessing on your life when you get connected. Wow. It starts in little forms with two, with just two coming together, but then you get three, you get four. There's all types of blessings that start. But the enemy will always come and test it. Because when he sees the blessing of the Lord back on the earth through relationship, he will come and try to bring division. And you know how he does it? Bad blood. He puts bad blood between us. Y'all ever had bad blood? It's bad blood. 
And if you ever give into it and you start having bad blood between one another, you get sick. But if you've got bad blood, that only proves that you're on the right track and the enemy just came and just knocked you kiltered. You are getting the blessings of the Lord and the enemy comes in and throws some type of offense and then divides you because of one crazy issue and now the Lord can't even command a blessing. And, you, and then, of course, the enemy gets in our heads and says, well, I've got the grace of God. No, the grace of God was to stick together. To stick together. Because where, that's where God commands the blessing. Even Jesus stuck to, with his, his disciples, even to the cross, even while they were scattered, he still in his heart chose to be connected with them. Even when they left, he even told Peter, I pray for you. Satan has desired to shift, sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. And when you come back, Strengthen your brethren. He wasn't saying like that in a religious form. He was excited because he was be about to be sifted just like Jesus was about to be sifted. And he ends up denying him three times. And guess what? He's the very one that starts the church. <laughs> Who would have thought? I would have thrown him out and sat him down for a year. Come on, you know. Oh, you need to sit down for it and have some restoration. What the? What is that? No, get him back up. Don't sit him down. Get him up and walk with them. Walk with them. Well, that's our, I mean... I love it when I get in trouble helping people that other people hate. I do. I just, I love it. They, and then I, I get so many, why, aren't you, why are you liking them and our ministry? Well, that's the way we're supposed to do it. Somebody's got to die. It might as well be me. Can you imagine? When Jesus came back, he said, go tell, the, uh, go tell them I'm going to meet them in Galilee and Peter. And Peter. In other words, don't forget Peter. He's very important. Can you imagine them running to him, to Peter, when he's gone through all this stuff, and they come to him and say, hey, the Lord's going to said to get you. He's going to be in Galilee. Can you imagine what happened to his heart? After he'd gone through all of that, dividing himself from God, denying him three times, and then he hears a message from someone and says, Hey, the Lord wants you. I want to be like, I want to be that messenger to be able to find the ones that have divided from God or have divided from me and go back to them and say, Hey, the Lord has called you. The Lord has called you. To strengthen the brethren. I'm sorry. I thought you were the accuser of the brethren. But actually you're the one that's supposed to spearhead this whole thing.
The anointing's going to flow again. It's going to flow on the high priest, which is God. Here. Many membered people. Now, before we go, you all okay? Can you put up those, those words, I just want to be where you are or whatever? You going up there? That's what I'm talking about. I know this, this is very challenging, but do you feel your spirit jumping? Do you feel something going on in your spirit? I'm telling you, the great giant is waking up, not somewhere out here. He's waking up in you. What you're feeling is God, Christ waking up in you. And when we were singing this, he, this is one of my favorite songs. There's a guy that used to sing it. I'd go up to the church. And every time he would sing this song, the anointing of God would hit. Now, since I've seen the Lord in this area of the body of Christ, you know, it says, I just want to be where you are. Say that with me. Look up at him. Okay. It's easy here. But if we don't have it here, we don't have it here. So if I say, I just want to be where you are, I've got to look and I've got to look my, to my left and I've got to look to my right and I've got to have the same passion that I have with him and the same passion I have with them this way. So when you, we were all read, reading these things and singing it, I just want to be where you are. I just want to be near your what? I could see us all looking at each other and singing that to him to us. Sounds like the two cherubims, doesn't it? They're facing one another. And they can see God in the eyes of each other. And between two having deep relationship, guess who shows up? <laughs> and he sits upon that. It's not like he sits on flying wings of cherubim. He's trying to show us that you're the cherubim, you're the angels that are supposed to be facing one another and God show up. And He rests upon that because that's where the blessing is commanded. And you know what our blessing is? The manifest presence of Jesus again on the earth as it is in heaven. I could care less about the gold and the silver. I want Jesus to manifest. There is nothing like your love. God, can you imagine us falling in love with each other in such a way? There is no differential thinking between here and there. There's no division anymore. Can you imagine the world hearing us sing this not only to God, but can you imagine the world seeing us loving one another so much, as much as we love God? They would all know that we're His disciples. They're not going to know that we're His disciples through miracles. That just if that would if that was true, we would have the whole world be saved right now. But if you ever have this, 
with one another. The blessing comes. Papa looks over his son. He goes, you can go now. The house is set up. Go show them who they are. They're just like you. It would make him come. Papa would have to command him that hour. And we would behold our teacher. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of being an island to yourself? I don't know about you. I mean, I, I've been fighting for this thing for years. I'm wanting to see it. I want to see God manifest, which is us together in love where we account of no wrongs anymore. We can't even remember wrongs. It's not even in our conscience. We believe all things from one another. We don't try to discern and see if you're trying to trick us. And... You're like a lamb. You'd rather just walk into their courts and if you get slaughtered, fine. If you don't, fine. So let's just, how would you, let's just end this, this whole thing with just singing this song with Jason. Is that all right? And I just want you, let's just stand up together. I'm sorry I went, good, I'm sorry I went so long. I've got about five more pages if y'all want to go through them. I ain't scared. <laughs> As you look up to heaven, he starts to sing, and we sing along with him. And love starts to emanate your heart, and then you start seeing him not you start seeing him not only in here, up here, then you start thinking about everybody around you. So sing it to him and to him. When you feel that blessing, when you feel that the Lord just smoke you, let all your baggage go. Because <laughs> when love comes in, it casts out all fear. That's the root of carrying baggage, is fear. Does this make sense? Let's hit it.